Welcome to the third episode of the fourth series of the Women in CX podcast, a series dedicated to real talk conversations between women in customer experience. Listen in as we share our career stories, relive the moments that shaped us, and voice our opinions as loudly as we like about all manner of CX subjects. I'll be your host, Claire Musket, and in today's episode, I'll be talking to one of our members, a young woman just starting out her career in CX. Let me introduce you to today's inspiring guest. Based in London in the UK, she studied Spanish with social science and languages and graduated with first class honours. She began her search for the dream graduate role and found it at Kantar, where she sped placements in multiple departments, including CX, where she recently returned to take on her first official role within the customer experience team. She's now a specialist in helping clients shape their customer experience strategy and measure the impact of change on commercial performance. Please welcome to the show, CX sister Hayley Pugh. Hi, Hayley. Hi. Welcome to the Women in CX podcast. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. And I hope everybody listening along at home is feeling great today too. So Hayley, just to start getting us warmed up, do you want to tell me a little bit more about yourself and how you found your way to customer experience? Sure. Um, So I currently work as a senior research exec here in the CX team at Cantar. Um, so I've been here for about two years now. I started off on the graduate scheme, so kind of applied after university. Didn't really know what I wanted to do, but kind of it, it seemed like a great opportunity to just start off my career and kind of explore different options. And it seemed like super interesting as well. Um, so I started off in the CX team on kind of on the grad scheme, and then I moved to innovation and brand as well. And then I kind of chose my permanent role in CX because it just what it's what I enjoyed the most. Uh, it resonated with me and, and I love the team as well. And I just wanted to learn a lot more about the CX industry. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up in my role today. And I know having spoken to you previously, we had a really interesting conversation around the experience for young women, um, especially, you know, in the university times and considering what our first move into careers are or is. Um, So, yeah, can you tell me a little bit more about kind of that final year at uni? What was that like for you? Um, Yeah, so final year, obviously, it's always a lot of pressure, isn't it? Kind of. Uh, I, I went on a year abroad as well as part of my degree and it was it was really fun I went to Granada for a year and I came back and it sort of suddenly everything hit me and I was like oh it's my final year now uh, it's a serious year I need to really do well and obviously I had a job at the same time and I was conscious of applying for other jobs kind of post-university so I definitely felt the pressure um, of being in final year and it, it kind of it can get to you once you when you have lots of different things going on at once um but I think it really set me up for my career because I learned to juggle lots of things at the same time and I also learned how to prioritize what's most important as well which I think is super valuable just mm. in life isn't it and um kind of when I started Cantar I could really see how that experience had shaped me um into the person I am now and it really helped me to yeah it just just helped me in general so mm-hmm. yeah I just remember thinking back um to my final year I was actually studying equine studies which is horses for anyone who doesn't know the term for my first degree 
and I'd had a year working in industry before I came back to Dubai um, finals which is a lot of coursework and exams and everything isn't it um and um, I had a really bad riding accident at the start of my final year and it meant that I was never going to be able to be a professional horse rider so for me my final year ended up being like thinking how am I going to be able to make this transition from um horses into business because my degree was balanced with business management and marketing I was actually really good at that so I went off and um managed to get to one by the skin of my teeth and I went to Birmingham University of Birmingham and the academic level and rigor that was there that was nothing like I'd experienced in the agricultural world um and I just remember like um being really kind of surprised that there's this whole other kind of subculture of brick universities where it is all about getting on a graduate scheme isn't it and if you don't to some extent it feels like you failed I don't know if that was something that that you experienced too obviously mine's going back 20 years (laughs) yours is much more (laughs) I I can't imagine how hard that that must have been for you to be honest because it's not something that you'd expect and you kind of have to think about okay what's next for me um and that's it's the uncertainty isn't it that can really get to you um but yeah there is a huge amount of pressure um kind of at university where that you know there's a lot of competition you're aware of that and you you just want to do the best that you can but you know you've got a lot of things going on at the same time and yeah there there is pressure kind of if you're at universities everyone applies for graduate schemes and it's kind of the the thing to do it's it feels like it's the best option but it isn't necessarily um Mm. I'm I'm very lucky to got onto a grad scheme um but yeah the, the pressure is definitely a lot mm. and, and and I suppose that being my older self now I can look back and think how much it felt like that decision was going to steer the course of the rest of my life and I had to make the right choice because if I didn't what would that mean for yeah. my career progression um but you know being able to kind of see back on having when I spent 15 years in corporate um, that, that actually wasn't the case and I meet so many women whose first degree or the thing that they studied at uni is never you know the thing that they ended up doing later down the yeah. line um exactly um and it, as well you know you don't have a some people go to university knowing exactly what they do want to do um afterwards but I that wasn't the case for me necessarily I studied sociology and Spanish because that's what I was interested in and I didn't really have a set career in mind I just wanted to do something I enjoyed so as well it's it's difficult you sort of worry sometimes so I don't know exactly what it is I want to do but I think it's actually best to embrace that uncertainty and I think it will always it always works out kind of I'm happy where I am today and I, I didn't know that i I would end up here if that makes sense I sort of just embraced the uncertainty enjoyed it and just kind of developed myself where possible and tried different things uh, mm. to find what I really enjoyed so you had a few little placements then in different areas so did you say product innovation was one how was that um yeah that was fun um it was more so a lot of the work we did was concept testing for different kind kind of products, whether that was you know testing new packaging or kind of propositions, um, yeah, I did it for kind of lots of mainly FNCG, um, which was really fun. Um, it was super fast paced and quite creative as well, in terms of like what you would kind of consult the client on, and it's kind of yeah, a lot more creative. So that was that was really fun. 
um, I enjoyed every every rotation, which is good. And I think it's best to explore and embrace it so that you can, because you'll always learn something uh, along the way. And the more knowledge you have, I think mm. the better, essentially. And um, I, like, I think graduate schemes have a really important role to play in being able to make that transition so kind of like learning something out of a textbook and then going to experience it like in real life there is just no comparison is there like Mm. uh, (laughs) you learn the theories don't you I suppose at uni or like I did I did my business and marketing and in the the kind of master's time you come came from sociology and Spanish so this kind of whole new world um, of FMCG which is one of the most fast-paced incredibly research and insight based very precise isn't it when you get into the nuts and bolts of what actually drives people's behavior but sociology must have like helped in some way with understanding things like psychology of consumers yeah yeah absolutely and I think that's what led me to kind of one of the main reasons I applied for the job because I remember the job description kind of saying you know if you're interested and curious about human behavior and what drives decision making which was exactly me um why, why I studied sociology that just understanding humans why they behave the way they do why they make decisions is, is like a passion of mine and obviously that's what I'm doing every day in, in my job so that's kind of what led me to, to apply and it is completely different like you say like learning a theory but then actually applying it to the real world and seeing that pan out is um yeah completely different but super interesting mm. so obviously women in cx is a startup so we're a tiny little business in comparison to Cantor. um but two of my team came in through the internship route um so they came one of them came from a university who have like a paid program for graduates um yeah. and meg if you hit listening you're absolutely incredible um <laughs> but for her she'd done like English literature as her degree so this was like her first experience in business but um being able to watch her in the space of a year grow to become our community manager in such a short space of time um has been absolutely wonderful to see and her feedback to me is always like you know just this hands-on practical learning experience being able to make mistakes actually and feel safe and be supported because um the the learning experience that comes from that is is so much greater um so I have like a massive passion for like how to get young people from education into businesses whether through its internships or through graduate schemes and um being able to give people as as much real responsibility um Mm -hmm. and real practice because I remember like the internships when I was when I was a girl um it was basically you get like pushed into like the worst possible like admin tasks and just get used as a resource um when it came to the to to internships and I think it still happens a lot now so people aren't really necessarily interested in giving the young person great experience they're interested in getting paid to have them um inside their organization because there are lots of grants and funding available and then just using them as a bit of a uh, an, an assistance <laughs> which isn't so yeah, bad I don't, know, I don't know if you, if you any of your friends experienced anything like that with internships or been mistreated um I don't think necessarily mistreated but I definitely definitely the point you made around feeling like resource and doing kind of those admin tasks and feeling like just just a grad if you like Mm -hmm. rather than 
kind of a, a valued like member of the team um I think that's super important and something that I've really appreciated kind of on my grad scheme there's a lot of I kind of got thrown in the deep end um sometimes but it's what kind of made me grow and develop and like you said when you make mistakes or you're thrown in the deep end you actually learn a huge amount from it and I think it's really important um you're not really learning anything if you're stuck on admin tasks are you I know that's obviously going it's, it's going to be there you're going to have to do it but I think making sure a grad um and someone who's starting their career gets the opportunity to experience different things and have some responsibilities really important for their development um, yeah yeah I totally agree when I was on the corporate side um it was we didn't have much budget for resource within customer experience because it was still quite new at the last company I worked at so I would always have a rotation of the grads so these are like the top minds that have been recruited in and they'd be like really excited about like commercial like that was the thing everyone wanted to go and do go and do the buying in supermarkets um and marketing in different placements and getting the grads in for for customer experience it was amazing because literally the smartest cookies in the land um, such great ideas and super 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 keen um and, and again so it's like similarly to watching my own interns kind of grow and flourish now um yeah. and seeing them to go on to amazing things in such a kind of fast accelerated way so within like a few years having got to like a senior position because of you know being really well set up um, within the organization so yeah I think it's a really important place for those so what's kind of like really sparking your interest now you're in customer experience what what are you really getting into now? Um, I'd say I'm very interested in digital experience, so kind of digital user experience. Um, I think because, you know, just seeing digital adoption really grow since kind of the pandemic, um, which, you know, pandemic really accelerated digital transformation. And we as consumers interact with brands a lot more through digital channels. So it kind of made me think, how are brands delivering kind of the same experience through kind of their websites or mobile, all these different digital channels? Because obviously the important aspect of kind of brand loyalty is that human interaction or face-to-face interaction with the customer and mm. um, the emotional elements. So I thought, how are you kind of building that loyalty through digital or ensuring that you're kind of offering a, a seamless customer journey when you've got all these different channels channels now that a customer can interact with you um I'd say that's what that most what most interests me at the moment I think Mm, and now there are so many pure play digital experiences that are digital from start to finish right like when I look at my bank statement at the end of the month like how many subscriptions I now have to purely digital services where I never meet a human or interact with a person um but still kind of built no sorry (laughs) go for it um you just said banks there just made me think of course neobanks um where the the experience is purely purely digital you know i i have a monzo account that's that's the how i manage my finances the most is through my my neobank where i'm not interacting it's purely digital and that's really disrupted the market in terms of the financial services sector Mm. um I agree. I agree. I agree. And I think that, you know, the word you said, the digital transformation, the organizations that have struggled with it the most are the ones that have made the biggest transition in terms of the channels they offer. So traditional bricks and mortar and people based businesses have really, really struggled to go digital. 
Whereas in the last 10 years, so many businesses have been built on digital foundations. They've really changed consumer perception of what digital is about, right? So take Amazon, which grew from, you know, pure a pure digital space and is now going into bricks and mortar, which is interesting. Um, have like set the expectation of how fast things can be delivered, how easy it will be to resolve problems. Whereas um, those organisations, particularly that have legacy <laughs> systems, technology and um, cultural challenges, have really, really found it difficult to, to create not only those seamless journeys, but to, to make that transition um, with the customer journey that actually delivers value and loyalty, as you said. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm interested to, to hear a little bit more about that. Like, so what are your thoughts on how businesses can deliver more seamless journeys? on and offline <laughs> um kind of i think the most important sort of pillars to think about in terms of delivering kind of a, a seamless omni-channel experience is you know consistency efficiency personalization these kind of pillars are really important and kind of we briefly mentioned it how the main challenges of brands are those changing consumer expectations mm-hmm. um you know because of digital we now expect brands to we, we now expect like constant support and personalization, ease, those kind of things that brands really have to live up to those expectations now. And um, I think by making sure that, you know, you're maintaining consistency across those channels is really key, not only in terms of kind of your, your brand, so your brand personality, it's really important to make sure it's consistent um, in terms of, you know, building your loyalty, um, but making sure that, you're offering that seamless experience across all of those channels. So I think putting the user at the forefront and, and the heart of your strategy is probably the most important thing. Um, it needs to be a user-centered and customer-centric process. Um, you know, because each of those channels need to meet different needs. So I might be using my phone to browse a website, but, you know, a desktop to actually go through the purchase journey and, and um, buy a product so making sure that you're meeting those customer intents across the, across the journey is really important as well um, I think you know more and more consumers are using their mobile now um, to interact with brands so making sure that you've optimized your website um, for mobile usage as well is really important we're so kind of impatient as customers now because of digital you know to the point where there's there's some amazing stats on, you know, if your page speed is one second more, it will have a huge impact on your sort of sales and conversion. It's those tiny kind of marginal gains that you can have and making sure that, you know, you've got a, an experience that is optimised for mobile, that is quick, kind of thinking about UX design principles, making sure it's enjoyable, equitable, it meets their needs and it's useful is, is really important. Um, yeah, when I, I think. Come, come. So I, I was gonna say a huge part of offering that omni, seamless omni-channel experience is understanding your customers' experience at every touch point. So you know, mining different data, so operational data or experience data, wherever it may be from, just integrating as much as you can into a single platform, so that you've got kind of a single customer view and you understand kind of have a 360 degree view of your customers that you can really personalize uh, the experience for them and engage with them appropriately at at each of the right um, touch points and in terms of customer feedback you know identifying 
kind of where the experience gaps are across your channels and being able to respond to customers even so more like before they even reach out to you um so offering support um at the right places yeah it's like hyper personalization is kind of one of the, the things people talk about now isn't it so it's moved beyond yeah. kind of like a first name on an email or like um segmented marketing messages to as you say things like kind of more proactive service looking at patterns in an individual's data in order to make recommendations um to be useful yeah. and helpful um, I think in the industry I'm seeing a bit of a divide really between how genuine that really is and how much it's there to drive sales and selling as opposed to mm. experiences so um so there are a few companies out there um, employing very innovative technologies and doing an incredible job but um, I, I think one of the sad things I'm seeing is a bit of a, a copycat movement to try to replicate what other businesses are doing but perhaps not having invested quite so much in understanding their users or their customers the specific needs and journeys that, that are required um, within their own individual context so they just kind of think oh we could just switch on I don't know this service channel and uh, use chatbots because everyone's using chatbots now but not have actually taken the time to do the machine learning stage that means they can actually be helpful um, yeah. and for customers it's actually really disruptive because um, you know it's so much easier to it still feels to, to a lot of us when we meet bad digital channels it's so much easier for us to just want to pick up a phone and speak to a human because the digital yeah. setup of how that service has been created actually makes it harder and you end up speaking to a human anyway you just have to jump through a million heaps wait for half an hour and <laughs> yeah exactly I think that is the sad thing where you see companies kind of using digital to you know cut costs and reduce effort and mm. CX isn't necessarily their main driver when it it definitely should be and if, as I said beforehand the customer should be at the heart of everything you do rather than any of those other drivers that, that because mm. yeah like you say, the customer is going to have to seek support elsewhere when they call up or, you know, making sure you really meet their needs across each of the touch points is, is really important. just doesn't make any sense to me why organisations don't, though, because when we're talking about technology investment, we're usually talking millions of pounds, right, or even like investment in data and analysis and insights. Um, yet to come at it purely from an operational perspective and about cost saving rather than you know, maybe spending a little bit of time and also doing discovery around customer and user, the decisions you could make in the implementation of those technologies would have a far greater value to your end user and therefore a greater return on things like loyalty and um, keeping customers in journey and not losing them out of a leaky funnel because they have a bad experience with a chatbot, for example. Just sort of makes sense yeah. to me why it's not something that is um, is is more prioritised and the com the comparable cost of investing in understanding customers and discovery in comparison to the cost of actually buying these technologies or integrating them it's minuscule so for a yeah, little absolutely. little tiny more bit more investment um the likelihood and even like you know you're talking about kind of ux and stuff with testing like how often i see even as a customer um things that have been implemented clearly without ever having really tested it with somebody <laughs> um yeah um so like you know talking about kind of things like button placement or even like where you land on a page or even page speeds or loading speeds and it does put yeah. people off because there's so much great digital out there 
that we're used to having these really super fast, super intuitive, awesome experiences. So digital done badly is kind of worse than no digital at all in some to some degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really important for obviously brands to understand that and make sure that, you know, that they're kind of using digital surveys to understand and kind of intercept on kind of those crucial moments of, of the journey and making sure that, you know, they're offering support and feed even if it's like a feedback button to make sure that they're there for their customers and they can understand where those kind of barriers are in the journey and always kind of actioning them um, to improve the digital experience and like you say testing beforehand is so important um i think it's an yeah. important word there as well though it's action right so a lot of yeah. the time um, again another thing that I'm seeing is all the data in the world all the insight in the world but because so much investment has gone into mining this information there's limited funds and resources left for people to actually take take action and fix the problems or uh, respond to the signals that oh maybe we need to be moving in a slightly different direction on this element of customer experience um and yeah hate to be the bearer of bad news but it is <laughs> uh there's still there is still a necessity to put more focus on action and humans than there is and research and understanding customers than there is on actually delivering the technology itself um so it's been yeah, awesome absolutely. to chat to you today and yeah just to kind of round off like is, it, is there any advice that you'd have especially for young women in cx or women who are um, considering their graduate moves or careers in customer experience um, I would say kind of use this as an opportunity, like while you're still young and you're still figuring things out, to just explore different paths. So, you know, I joined uh, the graduate scheme. My first rotation was CX and I loved it. But I kind of made sure to rotate to other domains just to see, you know, what else was out there. And it is a really bit is a perfect opportunity to understand and and learn and just figure things out what, what you enjoy um, and there's always so much that you can learn and you know you might not be following the path you think you are but it always kind of you always end up in in the right place and doing something that you will enjoy so just just embrace the uncertainty um, and just learn as much as you can I'd say love that love that and as somebody probably heading towards 20 years in advance of, of your age <laughs> um, I couldn't agree with you more and actually the big turning points in my career weren't really things that I'd planned there were opportunities and um you know kind of random things that came along that as you say you know piqued my interest and I wanted to find out more and sample more of that were always the things that led me in the right direction um and I know we've kind of touched on this just you and I talking earlier um but yeah not quite feeling so much as we have to have these like planned molded career paths where it looks like taking steps and steps and steps off a ladder um I think I hope the world's changing to the extent where actually being able to follow what makes us happy um and what we yes. enjoy is equally rewarded and respected and um yeah is is your own definition of success ultimately isn't it it's the most important thing to go after Absolutely. so Absolutely. thank you so much for joining me today thank you for having me thank you and thank you to everybody who listened along as well we'll see you all next time bye for now 
Thanks for listening to the Women in CX podcast with me, Claire Muscat. If you enjoyed the show, please drop us a like, subscribe and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening or watching on. And if you want to know more about joining the world's first online community for women in customer experience, please check out womenincx.community and follow the Women in CX page on LinkedIn. Join us again next week where I'll be talking to another awesome community member from Denmark about squiggly careers and how to fix a broken CX industry. See you all next time.